Welcome to Europe First Minisodes, raw, unedited, and just me sharing thoughts and ideas. I hope you find this a valuable little toolkit to contemplate today. When I was a young girl, I couldn't explain why I knew what I knew. I had an awareness that maybe I shouldn't have had at that age. It was part awareness in the physical world around me and part feeling or part intuition. And I just had a sense for things that I couldn't explain at a very young age. Um, and when I say a sense or a feeling, I mean I could feel people's energies and emotions. I was a very sensitive kid, and I also was nervous and unsettled. So while I might have had a gift of knowing, it was also partly my survival skill. If I was hyper-aware of what was going on at all times around me, then I could prepare myself for whatever curveball or anything that was coming at me that I didn't anticipate. So I became hyper-aware of my surroundings and also the people around me. And while this did serve me in a lot of ways, in positive ways, it also made me feel weird and not normal. It made me feel much older than I was a lot of the time. I mean, I was young and seeing and hearing things that were very subtle and that I really didn't have a place to file away. I didn't have the life experience to understand what I was seeing and hearing. So it also made me say things that kids my age weren't saying. It also made me give advice to my friends that was neither wanted or timely for the situation. <laughs> they most of the time didn't have any idea what I was talking about when I referred to things that I was seeing or hearing. So it typically caused more problems and isolation than anything else. But from a very young age, I identified with this older version of myself. Not just my awareness made me feel older, but I also felt physically older. My body formed in a way that made me feel like I needed to cover up. So while my teenage friends were in spaghetti straps and open-backed shirts, I was in full-coverage tops and long shirts. So all of that to say, I never really felt my age anyway. Whether it was my hyper-awareness around life around me or how my body was forming, I just felt older. So it was actually quite natural for me when I started to make my way in the world and take risks and make plans to create an imaginary version of my older self. And whenever I would get stuck and confused, I would imagine myself in my 80s or 90s, like old, sagely sure of myself and looking back on my life. I would imagine how I wanted her to feel at that stage of her life. Would she feel full of regret? Would she long to redo big chunks of her life? Or was she really proud of the life she had lived? Was she proud of the risks she had taken? Like These were real questions and considerations I was having in my late teens and early 20s about how I wanted to look back on my life. And I had had a really good relationship with my maternal grandmother, and I think that that really helped in the vision of this version of me because my grandma was very inspiring. 
She was the first female contractor in the state of California and got a signed letter from the governor of California at the time, Ronald Reagan. And she was a very strong woman in a man's world back in her day. And so I think it was easy for me to imagine myself old and confident and loving the life that I'd lived because I'd had a grandma who had already done that. And so this version of me started to really take on a real role in my life. This older woman, 80-year-old, 90-year-old older woman version of me, she was very much a part of me in my decision-making. Oftentimes, we look back and try to connect with our younger selves, but I was weirdly always looking forward to connect with my older self. So I constructed her into exactly who I wanted her to be at that age just full of vigor and wisdom and always saying things to the younger version of herself, that's me, that would light a fire and burn away my fear. She came in handy more times than I can count. And then when there were some pretty big decisions to be made, I always consulted her. Sometimes momentarily, I would just imagine her, and sometimes for longer conversations. But I always wanted to ask her, should I? She always had the answer. Most often, it was a yes. Because I think I already knew what I wanted the answer to be. But when I held it up against a version of me that had only the option to look back on her life, it made the younger version of me looking ahead a whole lot less scared about the prospect of what I wanted to do. It would take so much of the fear out of it for me because I thought this is just going to be one of a lot of decisions I make in my life and this is only going to be one crossroads I come to and so don't spend too much time on it. Make a decision and move on because you've got a life to live here and someday you're going to be 80 and you've got to make these decisions with confidence so you can look back and say, look at what I did. And so it made all the difference to have this older version looking back and the younger version of me looking ahead. And then it got to be a fun exercise, a really important conversation for me. And I didn't realize how much I was doing this until I got older and started to talk about it with friends. I was getting older and closer to that 80-year-old with whom I had been talking to for so long. And when I realized I'm actually closer to that age than many of the ages I had already been before, it was really a sobering perspective on how fast life slips by and how easily we can let it slip by without really ever testing what we're capable of or stepping into or without ever really evaluating what we really want. So last year when I was at another really big crossroads of a decision and it, and it felt riskier than a lot of the decisions I'd made up until that point, I went back to her. I went back to my older version. And as I did that, I wrote a poem about her. I wrote a poem about our relationship. And I'll read the poem now in the hopes that it might inspire all of us to consider what we want to claim at the end of our life and start setting our navigation with that in mind. So I'll read to you now a poem called Crossroads. Whenever I get stuck... At the crossroads of a decision, arm wrestling with doubt, trying to find my way forward in the dark with one hand tied behind my back, I think of myself when I'm 80. I think of myself when I'm 80. 
Nothing coalesces the options, the right way, the clear path forward like the vision of me nearing the end of my life. What would my future self say to my current self? When I call her up, she arrives immediately ready with the answer, liberally dropping F-bombs and filling the room with light. I'll tell you, that old sagely bitch doesn't mince words. She's got humor, she cuts through the fat, she serves up big, meaty hunks of truth with love and razor-sharp clarity. She is very keen to see this younger version of me not waste time with excuses and fear of inadequacy, fear of failure, fear of hard, messy struggle. Struggle, woman. Fight like hell for it. Look at your blessed life, goddammit. Look at those abs. You still have thick hair and a clear mind, and the skin on your calves isn't yet sagging. Take that body out for a walk. Get sun on your legs. Stretch in the morning light and get yourself ready. Ready, ready. And then leap. Every morning, just fucking leap. There's nothing but glory and possibility out there in the free fall. And by the way, do it now, because all you've got is now. She talks to me like a football coach before a big game, a little tough and yearning for my own good. She's well and truly a badass with no regrets. She makes me want to show up for her. She reminds me not to let her down. She makes me want to show up for her. She reminds me not to let her down. I'll leave that there with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Talk to you soon. If you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share, like, or leave a review. Until next time, this is Leanne, and you're up first. Thank you.